Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. So I'm going to invite um, Maddie up in a second. Um, one of the be- biggest things that uh, I think I can take out of uh, this year, uh, this term I should say, is that this term, normally I would be um, doing a lot of the messages, but this term has been absolutely fantastic uh, to the moment where I, when we're planning the term, I turned around to them and I said, who wants to step out? It may not be something that you um, feel comfortable with, but it may be something that God's uh, laying on your heart. Just be attentive to that. I preached twice this term um, because we had a whole heap of our guys, our young leaders turn around and go, yes, this is what I want to do. Yes, I want to actually allow God to be able to speak through me. Uh, and it was fantastic, some of the messages that, that came out. So I wanted to highlight one of those messages, because Maddie was one of the ones that was brave enough to turn around and go, yeah, I'll do this. Um, and it was a fantastic message. So I'm going to hand over to him. You're a bully. I'm just going to say that. Um, yeah, when Adam asked me to talk at youth, I was just like, mm, okay, I'll try. And then it got closer and closer. I was like, yeah, this is... Yeah, and then, then the day happens, she's like, oh, I don't want to do this no more. So I was not prepared whatsoever. So what happened wasn't, wasn't me, so I can't take the blame for that. Um, Adam gave me the part where Jesus walks on water, which um, for those of you who don't know it, hopefully most of you would. Hopefully. Um, it goes, That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. I can never pronounce that. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified. But he called out to them, Don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. Right, so with this, I spoke about my upbringing. Most of you, most of you have heard my, my faith story, how I come to know Jesus. But for this, I went into the history of me. So growing up, I had a very rough childhood. My mum walked out when I was two, and my dad was an alcoholic. So... Um, yeah, that was that happened when I was two, and then growing up, my dad used to beat the living hell out of me, but I didn't know what was going on. Um, so yeah, I kind of went into that, and then I spoke about when I started playing football, which was the only time my dad ever cared about me, just because I was good at it. So playing football, only time my Dad ever really cared about me. I tried my absolute hardest. Yeah. I had done everything I could. I pretty much lived football. That was all I'd done for 14 years. I'm 18 now. I started when I was four. This is my first year off. Feels really weird. Um, when I told my dad that I didn't want to play this year, it was weird. He understood. So 
he was actually happy that I wasn't playing this year because he knew that I didn't like the game anymore. I only play it because he enjoyed watching me and I didn't want that anymore. Yeah. I've I'd done something where I wasn't happy for 14 years of my life when I should have just said no. But growing up, I never got taught that. I pretty much got brought up by then my 10-year-old sister. Um, so I had to teach myself yes from no, wrongs from, wrongs from right. Um, this is the hardest part. I don't remember sharing this, but a couple of years ago, I was at home by myself and I had hit the lowest of low. I didn't want to be here anymore. I was over life. I thought it'd be better if I just left. So, me being me, I done it. I tried taking the easy way out. I tried killing myself. Um, I don't know if this is a miracle or this is just potluck, but I started. I started cutting. I I was cutting. I was going. I was going. Having my way with it. And then my nan has this little photo from me in year three on her fridge. It has never fallen. But this one day, I was at the lowest of low, it fell off. And then out of nowhere, I got a call from my nan. I was on the phone to my nan for an hour and a half, bawling my eyes out, talking to her about everything. I hung up the phone, still crying, shaking. I had blood all over my arms. And I, I was just so thankful. I sat there in my room and prayed. Yeah. That was the hardest thing I have ever done. Talking to my nan, who has dementia, lives by herself, about everything that's going on, and for her not telling my dad. I'm thankful for my nan. She, I'm the only one in my family that, by any means, has chosen to follow God. But I, I believe that God told her to call me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here right now. I spoke about that at youth, and I made two of the youth cry. First time talking, I made two of the youth cry. And they both said, thank you, that's what I needed to hear. So, yeah, that's, that's what I spoke about at youth. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Maddie. You are not yeah. welcome. Give it up for Maddie. <clears throat> So it's pretty powerful when people um, share their story, uh, share what's going on in their lives, share what's going on in their struggles and everything like that and where God can come through with that. Um, today's message, um, Maddie and myself combined, is what is your perspective? Um, when I was praying over what needed to be said, how it needed to be said, um, on Friday, I had a couple of good conversations on our last night of youth where um, we had one of our youth leaders stand up and, and take control of the night and we went up to Hawkesbury Lookout. Does anybody know that one? Yeah, we went up to Hawkesbury Lookout and it was a fantastic message and so many so many opportunities for communication between leader and, um, and youth happened and it was fantastic to see um, that the perspective of... The youth is now starting to change to the point where they were so shut off to anybody older than them because of the experiences that they've had. 
now they're actually allowing for people to speak over their lives the truth and not just the lies that have continually been said over their lives over and over again. I don't know whether that's the same for you. So when I was sitting there mulling over what God wanted me to say this morning and it came to this, so what is your perspective? For any building, the foundation is critical. It withstands the weight of the building and other stresses. Lives are like buildings and the quality of each one's foundations will determine the quality of the whole structure. The quality of each person's building so the quality of each person's foundation will determine the quality of the whole structure. Too often, inferior materials are used and when tests come, lives crumble. I'm going to highlight a few personalities within the Word, within the Bible, that we can or might already model our own lives on. There are plenty of influential examples in the Bible when it comes to learning how to live life. And last week I, I highlighted a couple there, but last week I also said that what I tend to see the Bible as is, is how to live for dummies. And uh, it's not an insult, but what it is is that uh, I, for myself, I, I need to know how to actually walk on this, this earth with so many distractions and so many earthly things that are there. I need an example. So one of these influential people is Job. Many of you may well know his story. He was tested with a life filled of prestige, possessions and people. He was suddenly assaulted on every side. Devastated, stripped down to his foundations. But his life had been built on God and he endured. In Job 1... It says this, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground in worship. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me everything I had and the Lord has taken it away. This is the, this is the interesting point. From that, people can choose to turn around and go, oh, I'm going to turn my back on God, but not Job. Job turns around and he goes, praise the name of the Lord in the hardest of hearts. Another one of the personalities is Jonah. Now, a few Old, Test a few Old Testament uh, personalities can compare to the transparency with the, uh, can compare in transparency to the prophet Jonah. We see right through him. And most of what we see, we don't like. Why is that, you ask? Because he reminds us too much of ourselves. He's fearful, he's selfish, he's spiteful, and he's proud. Even when Jonah was not physically running from God, he was resisting God with his heart. We all know his story, but one thing that I wanted to highlight out of his story this morning in his perspective was this. In Jonah 4, 7 to 11, it says, but God, this was after he went to Nineveh and he said what um, God wanted him to say uh, to the Ninevites. And what he did is that he went up to the hill to observe what was going to happen. 
And he had conversations with God, turning around to, to God going, I don't want you to do this. I did this because um, you asked me to do it, but I don't want you to do this because the Ninevites don't deserve your mercy. So he went up to the hill and he decided just to sit there and, and watch what's going to happen. And in verse 7, it, it goes this, God, but God also arranged a worm. So this is after God produced shade for him in a tree to turn around and say, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is what I can do for you. This is not your works. He goes, God also uh, arranged a worm. The next morning at the dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant and it withered away. As the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this. I don't know about you, but I've been to those places before where you sit there and go, death is, is certainly better than just living, just existing. Then God said to Jonah, is this right for you to be angry because the plant died? Jonah turns around and goes, yes. Even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. And this is the bit that I wanted you to hang on out of Jonah's story. God continued by saying, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? That's the perspective of Jonah. The next one is Peter. Peter was one of the trusted three within the disciples. Which meant that he was involved with a lot of the stuff that Jesus was doing firsthand. Peter's journey began with, uh, with Jesus, began with his brother saying, we have found the Messiah. So when Jesus and, and Peter got together, Jesus, uh, Peter wasn't known as Peter. And he got given the name Peter, which meant rock, solid as a rock. Throughout the Gospels, we see that he was not solid as a rock. But then through the first, the, the early stages of the church, we found out that's where that name came into hand. Even though that this was the case, Peter fell short over and over again. First, he questioned Jesus several times during his ministry. Some may say that this was his way of learning, but others may say that he doubted everything Jesus did. Peter also famously denied Jesus three times. Denied knowing Jesus three times, even after he was predicted that he was going to do it. In John 13, it says this, When Jesus came to Simon, Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? This was the, this was the story that I said last week. This was one of the things that Peter said, like, you don't need to do this. He goes, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing, what I'm doing, but someday you will. Peter replied, you will never wash my feet. He's never going to allow Jesus to serve him. So that was his perspective. 
The last perspective that I want to do today, and I want to call uh, Jimmy and Jenny up, is one that has been a little bit of a toil for me over the last couple of um, over the last couple of um, years. I'd say eighteen months. There was a picture. Can I get you to put that picture back up, just quickly for me? There it is. See this picture? It doesn't mean much to a lot of people, um, but last year. Probably around June, July, uh, I went down, um, and this is down south. Um, and what you see there is it's just on the ocean side. What you can't see up the back there, there's a construction, but then there's beautiful hills and everything like that. And uh, I was asking God just to reveal something to me about my journey, my personal journey. And one of the things that uh, was very much highlighted to me was that what I could see was a construction there was construction that was going to take place off in the distance. But for me to get to there, I need to navigate my way to where God's got me going. And if you look down, it's not an actual smooth surface. There's a lot of water, there's a lot of cracks, there's a lot of things that can trip me up left, right and centre. And the message that I got there was that if you're continually looking in the distance, looking to what I'm going to do for you, and that's all you're keeping your focus on, you're not going to see what I, what's actually been put in place on you, or where your feet is now. And you may trip up. You may get your feet wet. You may take longer to get to the destination that I have for you because you're not looking at what's happening in your life now. Now in a second, I'm going to... Play. Oh, there it is, straight away. So in that, this is the second photo. And in that second photo, what actually happened there was whilst I was looking at that first photo that you saw and the, that message that God was just, I was having a good chat with him, which was awesome. Um, he was just sitting there going, that's the, the, the destination that I have for you. But you've got to look at what's happening around you right now. And then he, for some reason, he goes, turn around. And that's the message that I saw. The new life, the new growth, the new sun. Today is a new day is what I got from that message. Today is a new day, but every day is a new day. If you choose, if you self-sacrifice, what is your perspective? Is your perspective the same as Job? Is your perspective the same as Jonah? Is it Peter? And the one that blows my mind is the one that I'm about to share now is Mary. Mary didn't know what was going on. And the one thing that I wanted to highlight, which I was able to highlight um, throughout the youth group, which was awesome this, uh, this last term actually, was that when Jesus said his first miracle, when he did his first public miracle, which was turning water into wine, nobody knew that anything was going to happen. But Mary, Mary turns around and he goes, the first she goes, she, the first person she goes up to is Jesus. Doesn't know what's going to happen, doesn't know how it's going to happen, but, but turns around and goes, they've run out of wine, which back in that was a massive deal to run out of wine at a wedding ceremony. Didn't know what Jesus was going to do, didn't even know if anything was going to happen, but trusted him anyway. Now, I would love to have the dedication and the steadfast as Job did, but I also would love to have what Mary had, and that was undoubted trust. No matter what my storm is, no matter where I am, I'm going to trust what Jesus is going to do, even though I may not even know what it is. 
So who are you aligning yourself with today with your perspective? Is it Job? Is it Jonah? Is it Peter? Or is it Mary? I've got these guys to play this song. Somebody else standing in the fire. Now, when people sit there and they mull over what this song is actually trying to say, they think it's a a turmoil. But if we live by the ways of the world, our selfish ways, isn't that kind of living in a fire? If we're not actually living the true life that God wants us to, to live, stepping into where God has got us placed, listening to our hearts and what God has already placed in our lives. So I've asked these guys to completely strip this song back. And they're going to play this song for me. And I just want you to think, who are you allowing in your life in the good times and the bad times? Or are you trying to do this on your own? Are you trying to step into this next season wherever God's got us as a a church family, as individuals, as families? One of my perspectives that I've got is that just recently, my well, I've returned two couple of days ago. So I'm now I've got a father of a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Two-year-old turning twelve, a five-year-old turning twenty. But my perspective is completely changing, and unfortunately, both of them are really, really sick at the moment. And my heart burns, absolutely burns, because I can't take their sickness away. But the amount of love that I give to them or have for them, God has for us tenfold over. But the other day, I had probably one of the best moments in my life. And my perspective just completely changed again. My daughter ran up to me and she, I picked her up and she turns around and she goes, first time she's ever strung a sentence together, she goes, my daddy love. My heart just melted, absolutely melted. And I was, I was like, yes, everything can be hard in this, in, in, in parenthood and things like that. But when you have glimpses of moments like that, I went straight to how does God feel when we actually step into the purpose that he's created us for? How much does he rejoice when we turn around and go, God, I'm not going to do this. I'm sacrificing my selfish desires. I'm dying to myself and I'm living to what you want us to live to. Here in Penrith, here in Australia, here in this world, here in this life. So if I felt like that when all my daughter said was three words, my daddy love, imagine how he feels. So enjoy this. Stand and worship. Stand and just finish off this day, but make this a day that we change our perspective, not for our view, but for what God has in our lives. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org www.cofcpenrith.org